Austria. Austria. What city? Three, two, one. Roll it for it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. And my guest today, in just five years, went from his high school team's bench to a nine-year professional basketball career. At the same time, he built a content publishing empire. Blogging since 2005 and publishing videos to YouTube starting 2006, he has published over 8,000 videos with his content being viewed over 73 million times. His daily Work On Your Game podcast has over 3 million listeners. He has given four TEDx talks and authored 27 books. Welcome, everybody. Dre Baldwin. Simon, what's going on? How are you? So good to have you here. a content machine. You've built an empire in such a quick time. We want to hear everything about it, but let's start with what are you currently creating? What I'm currently working on is another book that's going to be coming out later on this summer. I haven't announced it yet, you know, what the book is about, but I will say it's something around mindset and it will be coming out later this year, probably in the summertime. So that's what I'm working on right now. And how did you, in your at your young age, publish 27 books so far? <laughs> well, you know, it's the same. I give you the same answer that I give everybody else who asks how they can write a book. I say uh, Microsoft Word and Google Docs. You open them up and you start typing. So <laughs> that's really the, the biggest, uh, the, the meat and potatoes of the whole thing is you just have to get in there and, and do the work, you know, work on your game. So it's just getting in there, doing the work and uh, not getting too caught up in, well, let me get all the information before I start. A lot of people kind of get caught up in that before they start doing things. But I go do things and then I you know, figure out the rest after. Which one is your favorite of your 27? Yeah, somebody just asked me that the other day. The answer is <laughs> my next one. That's always the favorite answer. My favorite book is my next one. But uh, if I had to pick just one of the ones that I've already written, I would go with my first book, which is called Buy a Game. And it's my favorite because it was me just telling my story of and it was specifically for basketball players at the time I was playing ball. And that was my main focus. And the people who were watching me or knew about me at that time were just basketball players because all my content at that time was basketball focused. I mean, like on the court doing basketball drills. And the book wasn't even that well written. When I went back to do the audio, I realized the book wasn't even that well written. But people loved that book and the excitement and engagement for that book was always very high simply because the audience just wanted the story. It wasn't like they were looking at it for, you know, it wasn't, they weren't you no know, critiquing it on a literary basis. They were looking at it. Like, I want to know the story of this guy because the stuff that he's doing is something I haven't seen before. So I would go on my first book, buy a game. How do you organize yourself? Do you have a lot of people or agencies working with you? I have a I have a team of people who do my audio for me. So that's for just for my uh, masterclass or what me and most people call a podcast, which comes out every day. And they do schedule my YouTube videos. I do all the recording, but they just do the scheduling. And then I have an assistant who handles scheduling for things like uh, us getting together right here, you know, speaking gigs and stuff like that. But as far as the creation, that's 100% me. I create everything. I record every word. I write every word. 
it's a very lean team for so much output. How does one day in the life of Dre Baldwin look like? All right, good question. So I wake up about 3.45 a.m. I'm in Miami, United States. So I wake up about 3.45 a.m. I start my day with a, a drink of liter of water. I got my actual bottle right here. So I drink about six of these every day. And then I'm doing yoga and meditation. That takes about 30 minutes. Then I eat two bananas. That's my breakfast. I don't you know, eat, sit down and eat a meal for breakfast. Then I'm working out. So that's either the gym or some kind of cardio, or like running outside. I don't play basketball anymore. So running outside or maybe a boxing workout or just going to the gym and lifting weights. Then it's uh, stretching or foam rolling. Then uh, shower, shave, get dressed. When I'm you know, getting dressed for the day, that's when I listen to my own show. I listen to my podcast. I hear, make sure I remember what I said. And uh, or I listen to a few other shows that I like to listen to. Then I take a walk. My walk is anywhere from the one to two miles. And again, I'm in South Florida, Miami. So the weather's nice here year round. So you can take a walk every day. I take my walk and I'm, while I'm doing that. I'm on uh, Instagram stories, just talking to my audience, just talking about whatever's on my mind for that particular day. Then I am I'm taking a look at my looking at my goals, looking at the stuff that I need for myself once I get back home. That takes me about you know, 15 to 30 minutes. And then I start officially start working probably about 8 a.m. by about 8 a.m. So the first four hours of my day, because people ask me about this all the time, you know, when you get time for yourself because you're you know, putting out all this stuff. The first four hours of my day is what I guess we would call self-care. So that's just me doing stuff for myself, working out, yoga, meditation. This is this is not business stuff. This is just for me. And then from eight o'clock to, let's say, about eight to five, that's when I'm doing work. So that might mean conversations with people like you, Simon, I'm working on books, I'm replying to emails, I'm uh, writing articles, I'm creating courses, I'm looking at the stuff that I already have in place. We're putting together sales funnels. I write all the copy for my sales pages. You no, know, I'm the creator in my company. That's, that's one of my roles. I'm the CEO, but that's also one of my jobs. So I'm doing all the creation. I might be on a coaching call, I might be on a, a mastermind call with people that I talk to. So my eight to five is different every single day. It's not the same thing every day, but we keep it organized in such a way that I know what I'm doing every single day, you know, when I'm doing it so that we can you know to put all this stuff out, you have to have some organization. So then I'm finished my day. Usually my work day, I try to finish by five o'clock so that because that gives me enough time to get it ample sleep. I feel like I not feel like, but I know, Simon, that I do best when I get at least eight hours of sleep. So I do not sacrifice sleep. Unlike you know, some of the you know, hustle porn people out here, I don't sacrifice sleep. I make sure I get a full night. So about five o'clock, I go for another walk in the evening. Now there's people outside. And then I, oh, I eat dinner sometime around four, go for that walk around five. Then by about six o'clock, I'm done. I'm in the house, done everything. And by eight o'clock, I'm asleep. That's it. That's I love it. That's the day of a champion, everybody. I love mm -hmm. it. And uh, now some people listening to this might go, oh, he knows exactly the schedule for tomorrow. How, how, how constricting. I want more freedom. Do you feel free or unfree? Uh, me? I feel 100% yeah. free. I, I, I do what I want to do for a living. Everything that I do is because I want to do it. So if I decide to you know, for example, if I want to go on a trip, now I'm from originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I'm going to visit Philadelphia this summer. I'll probably visit more than once. I am going to I'm going to a baseball game here to the Miami baseball team. 
I'm going to go to one of their games next week. So I have freedom built into my schedule. The great thing about being an entrepreneur, which I'm sure you know as well, Simon, is that we kind of make our own schedules. The thing about us is what makes us unique is that we have the discipline to make a schedule as if somebody told us to do it. But we're the ones actually telling ourselves to do it. So that that free that discipline is actually what creates the freedom. The same way that I explain to everyone, the first four hours of my day is for the self-care. That's how I can work from eight to five. You know, as if I was working at somebody's office, somebody else's company, I can work that way because I take those four hours and do for myself. So do I feel free? One hundred percent. I do what I want to do. I want to do this. So absolutely. I love this. Discipline creates freedom. It doesn't restrict you. It is the foundation for you to play along with life. And you are such a force of nature. You are full of power, of passion. You wake up, you roll. Did you have times where you had not this level of clarity, of passion, of focus? Of course. And how <laughs> did. did you overcome them? Because many people that right, right now are listening and they go, wow, he's wonderful, but I am not. How can I get there? So let's remind people, how did you get there? This is a great question. So I'll take you back. So when I wanted to, around the age of 14, I started playing basketball. And I'm going to fast forward this whole thing so you understand it. Started playing basketball around the age of 14. I wasn't very good, but I wanted to become, I wanted to get good at basketball. Now, by the age of around 16, 17, I decided I wasn't going to try to become a pro. But in those first few years, even through high school, I wasn't very good. I didn't barely make my basketball team in school, sat on a bench in high school. I walked on at a Division three college, was at the third tier You know, most people who go pro don't play, aren't coming from D3 college. So I had to come up with, a, I came up with my own regimen for practicing basketball so I could become first mediocre, then okay, then eventually I became good. And then eventually I became a pro professional by the time I was 23 years old. So when I got into entrepreneurship, which was in the, actually in the middle of my basketball career, probably about 2008-ish, that's when I started doing entrepreneurial stuff online while I was still playing basketball. I was just doing stuff. I was just doing stuff off of, let me just come up with an idea. Let me just try it. And I was just throwing things out there. Eventually some things worked. I was really just working off of, I had some good timing on my hands. I had a little bit of natural talent and I had an eager audience because I was one of the early adopters getting here online. So some things worked for me, but that didn't work forever. So when I was looking at my business around that time, 2014 through 2016, Simon, I found myself working really, really hard every single day. I felt like I was working all day yet there was no progress happening. I was doing enough maybe to tread water and sometimes even going backwards. So I'm looking at my situation, it's similar to the question that you're asking me that some of your audience has, and I'm thinking to myself, how can I figure this out? Now at this time, I didn't really have any you know, super business mentors. I didn't really know where to look. I didn't even know which questions to ask. I felt very lost in that moment. So here's what I did, Simon. I asked myself because I read Or maybe I heard Tony Robbins. He said something about the concept of modeling. He said, find someone who's already you know, doing what you're doing or has what you already have. And then just look at what they're doing. You can model that. Well, I didn't have anybody to model. So that was my problem. And I just said, all right, well, what have I done? I, what have I done successfully in my life? Maybe I can model myself. So I looked back at my sports experience. Or what did I do in basketball that got me from being a terrible nobody player to a good professional player. And I said, all right, well, I came up with a, a regimen. I did the same thing every single day. 
I came up with a process that I could follow. I started coming up with these drills. Let me do these same drills every day so I can get good at dribbling the ball. I can learn how to shoot. I can jump higher so I can learn how to dunk. And I came up with these processes. I did, I did the same thing every single time. There were certain things that were non-negotiable. There were times when I didn't really feel like it, but I did it anyway. And I put myself around people who were better than me. So I had to challenge myself to get better. I said, all right, why don't I do the same thing in business? So I started doing these same things. I came up with the schedule. I said, all right, I'm going to stick to the schedule every day, even though nobody's making me do it the same way nobody's making me play basketball. But I had a schedule. I'm going to come up with these principles that I'm going to follow. I'm going to look at what my audience is saying. I'm going to see what kind of feedback I'm getting from people who are in a position of authority who have more um, more credibility than me. They know more than me. And I started doing the same things in business. And then over time, at the same thing I did in sports, I would try something. If it worked, I kept doing it. If it didn't work, I threw it away, replaced it, tried something else. And I just kept doing that over and over again. And then in, in business, that's how I was able to learn over time. And even to this day, listen, I don't think I'm a I don't see myself as a finished product in business. I'm always trying new things. I'm always looking at different stuff that's coming out. Let me see. Does, does this fit into the ecosystem of what I'm doing? Yes or no. Do I want to try it. Maybe. Is, did it work? Yes. All right. Keep doing it. Does it not work? No. Throw it away. Let's do something else. So I'm always a work in progress. You know, that's why it's called work on your game. You know, the work never ends. As long as you're in the game, there's always going to be some adjustments that can be made. The Work On Your Game podcast. Let's talk about that because many people here are thinking about starting their podcast or are running their podcast. And most of us do not have 3 million listeners like you have. Most of us, we start out, we have our three friends listening. And then the question is after a couple of months, should we stick? Should we show up or should we take it as a feedback that we are not creating something of value. So always these questions, how much should I persist? Or when should I take it as a feedback that it's it's not needed, it's not the right thing? How did you navigate that until you got to 3 million? Well, I started with zero listeners as well. So everybody has to start somewhere. And the thing that I tell people is, because this is always a question, how do you know if you're a person who is pursuing a path that is leading to nowhere, you just give it up, or this is just the start of something that's gonna be bigger, but you have to persist. It's, it's the existential question that you have to answer. And what I tell people, Simon, is give it at least a year. Whatever you're gonna do, stick to it for at least a year, be consistent with it for a year. If your show comes out twice a week, put it out twice a week for a whole year. And then at the end of that year, let's take a look at where you're at. And let's see what worked and what didn't work. Uh, where can we iterate? You know, what are you what are you doing that people really responded to? What did you do that people didn't respond to? And during that year, you can make adjustments. OK, you see that when you talk about this topic, you get a lot more response than the other topics. So let's talk about this topic a little bit more, but give it a whole year before you say this is not for me or this is for me. And as far as my situation goes, by the time I started podcasting, that was in 2016, I started my podcast. I had been on the internet publishing content for 10 years. So I was not, podcasting wasn't the first thing that I'd done. I, I had a 10 year quote unquote head start on creating content and building an audience. So when I started my audio show, the podcast, people already knew about me, but I had been doing work for 10 years. Now, anyone else who had been in the game for that long, by the time they launch something, they have an audience of people who may already know about them and they can you know they have a little bit of, I guess you would call it an advantage, but 
the advantage is something that they earn by doing the work. So this is not you no know, some lucky, lucky break happenstance that happens to me. It's the work that I put in over time. And anybody can do this. Maybe your clock is starting at day one today, but 10 years from now, you'll have 10 years in the game. So as they say, you know, the best time to plant a tree is yesterday. The next best time is right now. <laughs> I'm so curious who you pick for the strategy award after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. The strategy award goes to one person that when everybody's zigging, this person is zagging. But from your perspective, they are doing the right thing. Who do you pick? Hmm. It's an interesting question. I don't think I've had anybody ever ask me that question. So when everyone's zigging, they're zagging. Who's the one person that I would pick? Uh, I will probably pick myself, but I'm not going to pick myself. Let me see. I don't know. That, that's one I got to I got to think about that one for a second. I would go with. Who's someone who thinks differently? I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a guy named uh, Alex Sharfin. I actually like his stuff uh, business related in that one of the things that drew me to Alex's work was that when he talks, he coaches entrepreneurs. But one of the things that he doesn't do, he, he's not on this. Here's how you make more sales. Here's how you make more money. Here's how you build another sales funnel. Here's how you get more prospects and clients. His whole thing was around. Here's how you organize your business. Here's how you structure your business. Here's how you put some. Here's how you reduce the the overwhelm in your business so that you actually have a process that you're following so that your days are not getting tactically more difficult. And he was the first person I heard talking about that as a business coach, because every other business coach that I see and maybe that you see in your audience is there telling you, well, here's how you make more money. Here's how you do better. Here's how you get smarter. Here's how you do more, more, more. His thing was about really looking in the other direction. Here's how you can do a little bit less, but actually your business will do better. So I'll go with Alex Sharf. This is so smart. It, actually, the best advice is to find what's currently working and double down on that and really mm -hmm. let go of all the rest and be with few activities that move your needle forward. So beautiful. Thank you so much. What are three books that shaped you most? Man, if you're going to limit me to three, I'll go at uh, first one, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Uh, Robert Greene is my favorite author. I came across that book 20 years ago in a bookstore. This is before you know, we were buying everything on Amazon in an actual bookstore. And I just read the, the back cover of the book and just saw he had all the 48 Laws listed. I said, this book is for me. So that would be number one. Number two, you know, I want to put these in the best order. I'm going to have to go with Robert Greene again. It'll be the 50th law. Robert Greene and 50 Cent. And that book is all about fear and dealing with fear. And 50 is my favorite uh, musician, even though he doesn't even make music anymore, but he's still my favorite musician. So I'm going to go with uh, the 50th law. And the third one I will say is the law of success. And that is by Napoleon Hill. Now, everybody knows about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. The law of success is like is like the bigger version of Think and Grow Rich. I think Think and Grow Rich was derived from the law of success. So the law of success is like, I think somebody told me the audio books like 25 hours. So he basically lays out every single principle of personal development that exists to this very day. A hundred years ago, he laid this stuff out. So I would go with those three. Wow. Thank you. And um, what are you currently excited about with all your endeavors? What are you currently 
moving forward? Biggest thing I'm excited about right now is the launch of my next book, which I haven't announced yet. But hey, maybe when it's ready, we can come back on and talk about it. It's up, up to you. It's your show. And Absolutely. that's one. Another thing I'm, I was just looking at this morning was I'm look, I was looking at Substack. I see a lot of people are jumping on Substack. I've seen people talking about it. I never really I never even been to the Substack website. But just this morning, I looked at it and I was just thinking about, hmm. How could I factor this into what I'm doing? Could this fit into my ecosystem? Maybe, maybe not. So it may be something I give a try. So I'm excited about taking a look at that. And the third thing I'm excited about is if I pick three is hopefully we can get out here and get to live events again, Simon. I mean, I love doing the podcast and the being on uh, streaming and things like this, but I am a speaker and I like to speak to live human beings where I can you know, shake their hands and I can feel the energy in the room. So I like to be on stages and talk in front of audiences. So I have, I just scheduled, not scheduled, but booked an event that I'm going to be doing this summer in Vegas. But hopefully that opens up again and people are comfortable being in a room amongst other people, no mass gatherings. So we can start you know, getting into that speaking business again. I've just enrolled to a marathon here in my city of Vienna, Vienna City Marathon for September. And everybody goes like, ah, I don't think it will happen. And I go, well, nobody knows. And so between two assumptions, I take the right. one assumption that is most fun. Yeah, I think that I think the marathon will happen because the people who organize that marathon, I think they need it to take place. They missed last year. So I think they need it. Absolutely. What are if nobody shows up? You'll probably win. What are the, the top events that you look look forward, the coolest, the coolest congresses or events that you would like to experience this year? The coolest ones, well, first one, I'm, I know I'm going to be going to Funnel Hacking Live, which is Russell Brunson's uh, the Quick Funnels event. That'll be, it's actually going to be in Florida this year because I guess it's the best place to hold a mass gathering. That'll be in September. And that's just an, as an attendee. I'm not speaking or anything like that. Another one is I'm going to go to a sporting event. I like going to live sporting events. You know, of course, basketball is my sport. But if it's a live event, I could pretty much watch any sport if it's live because you get to you know, see and feel the people there. So I'll be going to a Miami Marlins game. That's the baseball team next next week, actually. And the third thing would be just anywhere where I can actually get on the stage and give a presentation and people are in the room and they're comfortable sitting down in the room and you know, shaking hands and all of that. I know not everybody's comfortable with it. Some people are more, other people are less, but I'm expecting as far as, as I talked about the live events business, I think it's coming back because some of these, some of these companies, their whole business is based around live events. So you can't shut it down forever. So those are the three things I'm excited about. Absolutely. And you are an Instagram pro. First of all, what's your Instagram handle for everybody listening? My Instagram is at Dre Baldwin. I don't know if I call myself a pro. I guess I'm a pro, but I know there's some people who are better than me probably. And you are communicating so much with your community and you have an amazing relationship and followership. Um, yeah. what's, your, what's your take on, on what's, what's your experience and your take with Instagram? Well, I love the stories function. And I wish I'd always said back in 2016, I wish that Snapchat had just sold their platform to Instagram because I was using Snapchat first when I saw the Snapchat stories. That's where I was really using the stories function. That's the part that I think has caused that less people engage with me the most is the stories. It's not really so much the posts because anybody can post a picture or a video and with a little caption, but it's the stories where you get, it's like, it's not 
edited. It's just unvarnished. It's immediate. It's just raw and as you are. And personally, when it comes to my content, I don't do a ton of editing. I don't do a lot of editing of my YouTube videos. I don't do a lot of editing of my the audio. I have an audio guy who does the editing, but he doesn't have to edit that much. I do it mostly one take. Actually, I do 100% one take. He just edits out the, you know, the posives and the ums or if I call for something like that. Even with my books, I don't want an editor to do a ton of heavy editing to my writing because I want it to be as I wrote it. So I'm not a heavy editing individual. So the great thing about the stories function is it's the closest you can get to actually being in a live conversation with a person because they can't edit it. It's just you putting it out as you are. So that's what I was doing on what I was doing on Snapchat. And then when Instagram tried to buy Snapchat, Snapchat said no. So Instagram made their own. And now everybody uses Instagram stories. I still use Snapchat stories. I actually take the same story off Instagram as opposed to Snapchat. But the biggest thing for me to answer your question is just using the stories function. I do post to the feed, of course, but the stories function is the thing that I think separates me from any other people who are using Instagram on a day to day basis. And I have I have not used that function at all. And uh, last man, time, catch up, man. yeah, absolutely. I was inspired by somebody we both know, Ken Rakowski, who who yeah. leads this beautiful community of of heart centered men called Metal. And um, mm -hmm. and he he explained in the last session last weekend that he has a a a, a gratitude routine. Because we we don't remember the things that happen spontaneously and that are beautiful. We remember always what we need to work on next, what's missing. And so he has a gratitude routine that whenever something pops up and it's a beautiful moment and unexpected, he makes a an Instagram story. Because first he wants to share what's beautiful with his surroundings. And but second, he says there is this archive function where you can basically revisit and re-experience all these things. And now I'm like, oh, look, I should I should really use it now. Yeah. And in the Instagram stories, you can also just change the setting to where every time you post a story, it saves that same story to your phone. So every story I've ever posted on Instagram is saved to my phone. So I have all of them. I can go back six years and see whatever I was doing on this very day six years ago. Beautiful. Yeah. Who should be my next guest? Who should be your next guest? Uh, can you tell me what do you what kind of person do you like? And I'll, I'll tell you somebody off the top. Somebody who is not televised yet, but you would love his message, her message to be heard more. Somebody who's okay, so they're not super well known, but their message should be heard. I would suggest. Hmm. Man, there's a lot of people that I could think of, but someone who is not very well known yet. Now, I know a lot of people in niche audiences. Who would be the ideal for your audience? What type of person? Yeah, a message that you want to be heard more. Message that I want to be heard more. Hmm. I would go with uh, maybe my friend Misty, who is a, she teaches mental health to athletes specifically. And she is not uh, super well known, but I think she has a really strong message and she's on the, she's on the come up is the best way that I would describe her based on uh, the question that you're asking. Super cool. 
And where can people stick around uh, except Instagram and uh, see your journey, your content? Well, as you already mentioned, I'm on Instagram. I have a show called Work On Your Game. It comes out every day. I do have a book that people can get for free, a physical book. They just cover the shipping. Can I share that book? Sure. All right. So it's, uh, there's a book here. It's called The Mirror of Motivation. It's a self-guide to self-discipline. Discipline is the first principle to work on your game philosophy. So this is the book I have people start with. What this book does for you is everyone who's listening to this has goals. I'm assuming you have goals. You're listening to this show. And I understand that, you know, you can't get something for nothing. You have to do the work. So you're willing to put the work in. But the thing is, most people never ask the question, Simon, who do I need to be as a person? This book, The Mirror of Motivation, will help you answer the question, ask and answer the question. Who do I need to be through 166 pages? We help you ask and answer that question. It's not going to be me telling you who to be. And it's not about me motivating you because that doesn't last. And it wouldn't make sense for me to tell you who to be. But you can tell yourself. So this book, you can get it for free. I'll send you the physical copy wherever you live. And we have different options based on where in the world you are. You can get it faster, digital versions, audio, et cetera. You get it at mirrorofmotivation.com. Again, that's mirrorofmotivation.com. The book we will give you free. All we ask is that you help us out by covering the shipping, and we'll get it to you worldwide wherever you live. Beautiful. Thank you for this gift. The mirrorofmotivation.com, everybody. Dre Baldwin, amazing. Thank you so much for inspiring us, for sharing your journey, your wisdom with us. And please, when your book comes out, we want to promote it here. So please. Okay. We will be in touch. Soon, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Simon. Appreciate you having me here. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.